Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, Golf Strategy School? Marty Griffin back with you again. And today I wanted to have a really a very important conversation with you. And that is how to learn the game of golf. Specifically, like what order do we need to learn the game of golf? Now, if that sounds like something you need to know, if this is the kind of content for you, why don't you go ahead and smash that like button, hit subscribe, and that notification bell. That way you know exactly when I post new videos. So, what order do we need to learn this game in? Let's talk about it. All right, for most people, their introduction to golf is on a driving range. It might be with friends, buddies, going out. There's a lot of top golf type places out there now. I know here in Wisconsin, we don't have a top golf yet, but we do have a lot of driving ranges that are moving towards that model where it's like a almost like a little hangout space, the little suite that you rent, and you got TV and you've got heaters in case it's cool. And you just get a whole bunch of golf balls, you order drinks and food, and you just have a grand old time. If that's how you are introduced to golf, that's awesome. I really don't care how you come into the game, but if you want to learn how to play this game with a level of proficiency, there actually is a very specific way in which you should approach your learning of the game. Now, what we're talking about here is the process that we go through. Specifically, I'm talking about learning the game backwards compared to how most people have. And that is going from the green to the tee box. Now, if you're someone who, like I said, has had their introduction to this game through a very kind of, you know, jovial, friendly setting, that's okay. The chances are, though, is that you kind of fell in love with hitting the driver or, you know, maybe putting an iron on one of those two and a quarter inch tees and just picking it off there and having a grand old time. That's great. And if that's the only version of golf you're going to do, don't listen to this. Go have fun. Go do whatever version of this game is fun for you. But if you're going to be going out onto the course and you're going to be playing maybe with clients or maybe you plan on doing, you know, like charity scrambles or your your workplace has like a golf day or, you know, they have like a, a golf event. There's a lot of different opportunities where you might find yourself playing golf, even though, you know, you might not put a ton of effort and emphasis into playing golf. So the reason why we want to go from green backwards to tee is because this is the area that we experience most commonly. Every single hole, you have to get the ball into the cup. So you are going to experience putting every single time 
of course, you know, you might have that one in a thousand where you chip it in. And then in that circumstance, you're not putting, but that's one hole out of either nine or 18 with that circumstance. Really what you want to do is you want to start learning from as close to the flag as possible and then stretch yourself out a little bit further. And the reason why we're doing this is because we want to do something that I call layering success. So what we're going to do is we're going to get proficient with our short putts, like the kick-in ones, two, three, four feet, get real proficient there. You know, if, you, if you're doing really, really well at that point, stretch it out to five or six feet and see if you can get maybe above 70% of your putts going in from six feet. Once you get proficient at that, you know, short around the cup zone, pull it out a little bit further, get into that lag putting zone. I'm talking 20, 30, 40 feet, get proficient there. Because if you've, if you've got good proficiency from let's say three to six feet, that is three to six feet short of the cup and three to six feet long of the cup. That means from 30 or 40 feet out, you've got a 12 foot bullseye that you can land that ball in and still feel really confident about being able to do well with your next shot. So if you know that you only have to roll it into a 12 foot circle and you're coming from 30 or 40 feet, it's going to be so much less stress, so much less anxiety and pressure over that 30 or 40 footer. Really, I mean, it would be nice if that ball goes in the cup, but I don't want you to get stuck into this mindset where you have to make the 30 or 40 foot putt. So I want you to get proficient at those leg putts after you get proficient with your short putts. From there, let's take it just off the green. So, you know, we're anywhere between, let's say, 5 and 50 feet off the green. You want to get proficient from that close area first, so just off the green. And in those circumstances, if you can putt, you should putt every single time, no matter what. And the reason there is because your worst putt is going to be so much better than your worst chip. So if we're if we're coming from like just off the green, if we can putt, we do putt hands down no matter what. Now, if you don't have the ability, maybe you're in the rough just off the green and you don't have the ability to putt. Uh, I understand if you're on the fringe, it's an easy choice. You putt, you're good to go. But, you know, maybe you're five, six, eight feet off the green and you've got some nastiness to deal with around the edge. Well, then what we want to do is we want to play a bump and run shot. We want to get proficient with that bump and run shot. Really, our mindset when we're chipping is to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible. When we do this, again, we lower the chance for that catastrophic failure where we might, you know, if, if we're using a wedge and trying to hit a really high shot, you might blade one across the green or you might chunk it and it just barely trickles onto the green. Whereas if it's a bump and run shot, you're taking a more of a putting stroke. Your chance of failure is a lot lower. Or I should say of catastrophic failure is a lot lower and you're able to get through that shot a lot more comfortably. Now, because you've gotten proficient at your lag putting, even if you do really mangle one, you know, let's say you are doing your bump and run and you hit just a little bit behind the ball and it just kind of like 
flumped out there onto the green, maybe only five, 10 feet onto the green and you had 50 feet to go. That's okay because you've gotten really proficient at your lag putting inside of that 12 foot circle that you're really proficient at one putting from. So, you know, you're still not going to kill yourself because the chances are even when you're chipping, you know, in the most beautiful of lies, just off of a green, you're probably not going to get into a situation where you're getting up and down 70 plus percent of the time. That is a really, really high number, and that is extremely hard to achieve. Now, what you can do is you can get to a situation where you're getting up and down one out of four times, and that's fantastic. And if we can, by bump and run chipping, if we can eliminate those double bogeys, those triple bogeys that happen right around the green, then we are leaps and bounds ahead. So we want to get proficient really close to the green. And then as you work further and further away from the green, you're going to have to get a little bit more into the lofted clubs to get a little bit more carry, but it's still something that, you know, that you should be practicing kind of in that order. So just kind of recapping our short game, We're getting really good with our short putts, you know, that three to six foot range. I I really want you to be able to make like 70% of those six footers. Then if you can do that, you are absolutely gangbusters doing fantastic. Then we want to get proficient lag putting when we're outside of 20 feet. Now that might be a couple of different practice stations. That might be a 20 foot practice station, a 30 foot practice station, a 40, a 50 foot practice station, things like that. But again, we just want to focus on getting it inside of six feet because we know we're confident from there. Just off the green, same principle. We just want to get the ball on the ground as quick as possible and then make sure that we're getting down in three at the most from that green's edge, chipping on in one, and then a two putt at the most. What we want to eliminate is that situation where we blade it over the green and now we've got a a whole other chip coming back and now we've short-sided ourselves, which is a whole other conversation. But we get into that position where we're getting comfortable just from, from just off the green in that five to 50 feet off the green area that we get down in three at the most. Again, probably like 70% of the time. If you can do that, you are picking up strokes over the average golfer. Now, when we get it out to more of our full swing area, we are going to have to get, again, just get proficient at hitting the green. And if we don't, that's okay because we've put all this time into just off the green in that five to 50 feet zone. And so we're comfortable there. We're not stressed there. So we don't have nearly as much trouble if we're coming in from 110 yards or 140 or 50 or 70 or 80 yards. We're not going to have nearly as much stress because we have gotten comfortable in that kind of 50 foot bubble around a green. And we know that we're not going to have some big, scary, catastrophic result. So now that we're getting into that, that mindset from our full shots, when we take it back to the tee box, thinking mainly driver here, but when we take it back to the tee box, we have a lot less anxiety and fear and trepidation 
we don't feel the pressure as much on that tee shot because we know even if it's not perfect, even if it's not in the fairway, if it's in the rough or whatever, what's the worst that's going to happen? If I can get the club on the ball, I'm going to wind up in a situation where I'm in that 50-foot bubble around the green, and I'm going to be able to feel pretty confident that I'm going to get down in three or less. So what we're doing is we're layering our success and really layering our confidence up as we progress from the green backwards to the tee. And if we can do that, it takes some intention in our practice. It really, really does. You know, you can't just go out to the driving range and say, all right, here comes a seven iron, going to hit that baby, you know, 30, 40 times until she starts flying straight. That's not getting you this level of comfort and confidence about your shot. What you need to do is instead of going to the driving range, go to the practice screen. Start in that three to six foot circle. Get really proficient there. The next day you come out to practice, maybe do your warm-ups in that three to six foot circle. That way you feel comfortable and you're reminding yourself of that confidence and that power that you have in that zone. Then you go out and you spend 85% of your time lag putting. You're lagging it in anywhere from 20 to 60 feet. Every angle you can think of, go all around the clock, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You want to feel all those breaks, all those different types of bends in a putt, how they impact your speed. And you want to make sure that you're lagging that in that three to six foot bubble that you're creating. And really, which means you're, you're using a 12 foot bullseye if that cup is the middle. So the next time we come out and practice, we're still not on the driving range. I'm sorry. I know the driving range is fun, but we're still not on the driving range. The next time we come out, we practice again to the practice green. Let's do five minutes warming up in those three to six footers, five minutes practicing some lag putts. And then we're going to do our, let's say five to 10 feet off the green practice chipping. And we're going to spend probably 80% of our time in that circumstance where we're practicing these different types of chip shots. Again, trying to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible so we have less and less of a catastrophic result. The next time we come out to practice, sorry, you're still not on the driving range. But the next time we're coming out, we are going to go through, again, probably five minutes of warm-ups of each of those previous spots. So five-minute short putts. Honestly, I don't even know if I would spend five minutes on the short putts at this point. I might just do uh, four putts from 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock around the cup just to make sure that you're good at making those from each distance. So I would probably go 3 feet, 4 feet, 5 feet, 6 feet. So we got a 3-footer three, three at 12 o'clock, 4-footer at 3 o'clock, 5-footer at 6 o'clock, and 6-footer at 9 o'clock. So we're getting progressively longer as we do those putts. And then we're going to move out to lag putting. Let's do three lag putts, trying to get them inside of that 12-foot bullseye, any, anywhere from six feet short to six feet long of the flag. And then let's do another three, maybe four shots in that five to 10-foot zone. And now we're going to be spending, at this point, probably 75 to 80% of our time, you know, by, by going through all these things, you might 
burn up a little bit more of your time setting up your different practices. So let's say we're spending 75% of our time chipping in this kind of 20, 30, 40, 50 feet off the green area. So this is more of a pitch. You know, it's a, it's a different type of feeling, but we're working at getting proficient. Now, I believe you could probably get proficient in each of those first two situations in one session. If you're practicing with a fair amount of regularity. And by that, I mean practicing twice a week and playing on the weekend. So if you practice on Tuesday and you do the short stuff, and then you practice on Thursday and you're doing your lag putting and you go out and play on the weekend, I bet you could probably have those proficiencies down for those first two stages there. The next stage being that five to 10 feet off the green, you might, it might take you a couple days to get proficient there. Every time you go out and practice that though, I want you to first do just little touch-ups on the short putts and the leg putts, and then do your chipping from just off the green. So maybe Tuesday and Thursday, you have to do that chipping from just off the green in order to get proficient. Maybe it's Tuesday, Thursday, you play that weekend and you got to come back and do it the next Tuesday as well. It could be something that takes a little bit longer for you. So don't get discouraged if that's the case. But I bet you probably get it after three sessions. Then when we move out to this kind of 20 feet to 50 feet off the green, this one could take a while to get proficient. Now, what I mean for proficient in this situation, I don't mean that you're leaving it inside that little six to 12 foot bubble around the hole. I mean that you're just kind of consistently getting it on the green and inside of 20 feet. To me, that is proficient when you're pitching rather than chipping. Because 20 feet means that, yeah, you're probably not going to make the putt. But you might make one or two each round. And if you're doing that, you're gaining strokes against the average golfer. So this is where you're setting yourself apart. So our proficiency here. Honestly, probably going to take at least three sessions, maybe four, maybe five. Then we're going to move out to our irons. Hooray! You get to go to the driving range. What you want to do for proficiency with your irons? I would love for you to pick out a target. Most driving ranges have at least a flag. A lot of driving ranges have greens. And so you can get kind of an approximation as to what your shot is doing compared to on a real course, which is awesome. But really what I want you to do in terms of proficiency with your approach shots is I just want them moving the same direction. That's it. I want them all moving right to left, preferably. If you're a lefty, left to right. But I just want 70% of those shots moving in the same direction. I don't care if it starts left and dives left. I don't care if it starts right and dives right. I just want it moving the same direction all the time. That way you can, with a fair amount of confidence, say that, hey, I know I'm not going to get in trouble on this side. Let's go ahead and play that with confidence, that shot shape with confidence, knowing that there will be at least a modicum of consistency there. So if you can get 70% of your shots going the same direction, and again, 
starts right, comes left, beautiful. You're so far ahead of most people. Goes, starts straight, moves left, awesome. You're still probably doing better than the than the weekend golfer. Starts left, goes left, not ideal, but honestly, you know that you're probably never going to miss right. And that's really the goal, is to eliminate trouble on one side of the course. If you can get proficient there, we're going to do the same thing with the driver. And we are going to work on that more from a, you know, do we have a fairway that we can kind of pick on our driving range? Or honestly, best case scenario, you're practicing on the course. But uh, this is a, a situation where you're not keeping score. You're just going out to practice with the sole intent of practice. But with our driver, we want to have that same shape at least 70% of the time. But really the bigger thing is that we're kind of hitting what we like to call fairway plus. And so fairway plus means that, you know, obviously if you're in the fairway, that counts. But if your ball isn't like in the fairway, let's say you rolled five feet through the fairway, but you know, there's nothing obstructing your view. You still have a totally, you know, basic straightforward shot towards the green then we're going to count that as well. You know, sure, it didn't stop in the fairway, but you didn't harm yourself with that swing. So that's really what we're measuring. Any shot where you can take a full, comfortable, direct line toward the green without having to hit it under branches or around trees or anything like that. And then it's going to count as fairway plus. So if we can get 70% of our shots into that fairway plus zone, then we are ready to play better golf than we probably ever have before. So I know most of you probably started out on the driving range. You know, you probably borrowed a seven iron and a driver from the driving range just to have fun with your friends. And then if you got hooked, you went and got your own clubs, but you still probably hit driver most of the time. Cause that was the most fun. I, like, I totally get it. I understand it's, it is the most fun, but if you want to play better, if you want lower scores on the course, you need to approach it in this pattern because this is what is going to be experienced by your game the most. It makes sense that if we're spending the majority of our time on and around the green in terms of the number of strokes we take, then that's probably where we want to spend the majority of our practice. You know, we're we're playing, most people, par 72 course, they're playing four par threes, and then they are hitting an approach shot into every other hole that involves more than likely a full iron. So our irons are getting used, like those approach clubs. Let's call it five iron all the way down to your wedges. Those are getting a workout. You're getting a hell of a lot more of a workout than your driver. Now, I'm not saying that the driver should be neglected. I'm just saying that in the order of importance, that's last. That's the last thing you work on because it has the least amount of frequency of use in your game. Do you have to work on it? Absolutely. Just not first. It's not going to give you as much bang for your buck as you think. So if you're learning golf, or maybe if you've kind of plateaued in your game, if you're struggling and you just can't seem to get over your current hump in scoring, try this approach for a month or two of your practice and see what comes out of it. I bet you're going to see those numbers dip down. So until next time, everybody. My name is Marty Griffin with the Golf Strategy School podcast and the Golf Strategy Academy. 
If you want to learn directly from me, you can visit golfstrategyacademy.com and learn all about my membership where I walk you through specific practices in each of those areas so you can play your best. We help people break 90 and break 80. So if you're working on either of those things, I can absolutely help you. Matter of fact, I'll give you 30 days free in the membership. That way you can get in there, try it out, see if you like it. If you like it, stick around. If not, hey, no hard feelings. But until then, everybody, I'll catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of the this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.